His and Hers Horror features two adults discussing horror movies, serial killers, and other spooky content that may not be suitable for some listeners. Listener discretion is advised. You're listening to His and Hers Horror. My name is Tia. And I'm David. And hopefully this sounds fine. (laughs) Yeah, it should be. There's a heat advisory for our area. I know I I put a note out on our Twitter and our Facebook that we can't turn off the air conditioning this week while recording. Yeah. um, Just because it would get way too warm. So everything else is the same. The AC is just on and on low. So hopefully it's not that bad. I guess we'll find out. We shall see. Anyway. This week, we're talking about caves. Mm -hmm. What are your feelings on caves in general? Probably going to be cooler than this apartment. That is true. I like caves. They're dark. And cold. Generally cooler. Generally cooler. Yeah. Yeah. One of the caves that I've... The cave I've been in the most. So I thought it would be kind of fun to talk about caves we've been in Mm -hmm. first. The cave I think I've probably been in the most times is the Mark Twain Cave in Hannibal, Missouri. Hmm. And that one has an average temperature of 52 degrees Fahrenheit year-round. Nice. It's it's really nice. It's probably as far as, like, touristy cave experiences, it's, like, the easiest one. There's, there's no stairs that I can recall. There's no, like, really tight spaces. I don't know. It's just kind of fun. It's a little expensive based on the last time I was there, and that was even over 10 years ago. It was $17 a person for adults. Gross. Yeah. But one of my friends, she's orig- she was originally from New York. She'd never done the whole cave thing. So she wanted to go. And I was like, yeah, sure, let's do it. Of the other caves I've been in, I've been in a total of four. Mm-hmm. I'll save the one that bothers me the most for last. Okay. Talking Rocks Cavern is in Branson, Missouri. And I had actually completely forgotten that I went in that one because I was just so young. When we went, I actually texted my parents and I was like, hey, other than this cave and this cave, did I go in any others? And mom brought up Talking Rocks. And I had to look it up online and look at some other stuff because I just didn't remember it. Do the rocks talk? Not that I remember. Okay. I'm not sure why it's called Talking Rocks. I, I, I didn't do a whole lot of research into this part. Okay. And then there's another one that I've been in. This one probably the most next to Mark Twain Cave, and that is Devil's Icebox, mm. which is in the, um, it's in one of the areas of Rockbridge State Park in Columbia, Missouri. Okay. And it's actually semi-permanently closed for tours to protect the local bat population. Okay. There's this thing called um, White Nose Syndrome, I believe is what it's called. It, it affects bats, but it doesn't affect people. Mm. So yeah, the Devil's Icebox is closed. You can't go in it anymore. Okay. The one cave that really always gets me, and I will never go in this cave again, is Marvel Cave. Mm, as opposed to DC Cave. As, <laughs> I, so you're a DC Cave only girl, right? I don't, yeah. I don't know. I'm not a huge fan of caves in general. Mm. The idea of being somewhere that is permanently like cool would be nice to me but like caves freak me out just the idea of potentially being stuck Mm. someplace underground bothers me but marvel cave is uh it's also in branson 
I think you actually have to pay to go into Silver Dollar City to go into this cave. I don't remember. But the way to get into it. So there's this one chamber. The very first chamber you come into is called the Cathedral Room. Mm -hmm. And it is like 20 stories high. And the way you get into it is by going down flights of stairs Hmm. that are just kind of open. Okay. Give me a second. I'll find you a picture. Like that. You see what I mean? Mm, Yeah. And like, it seems like it would be secure, but I was always scared of like slipping and falling like through the the slats. Yeah, I, I could see that. I think the last time we went to Silver Dollar City as a family, I think mom and I stayed like up in the gift shop and just hung out at the bakery and got coffee and cinnamon rolls and let everybody else go. Coffee and cinnamon rolls sound nice. Their cinnamon rolls are the best. Okay, I believe you. So anyway, unfortunately, all the caves I've been in are kind of touristy, Mm -hmm. which is fine. Like I said, Marvel Cave is the one that just freaks me out just because of the way you have to get into it. What about you as far as like caving experiences? I've been to a lot of caves. Any that are anyone would know or be familiar with? Because all the caves I've named, you can go to. Yeah. Except for Devil's Ice Box. uh, The most well-known one would probably be also the one I like the least. Okay. It's in Missouri near Springfield called Fantastic Caverns. I've never been to Fantastic Caverns. Don't bother. Okay. If, if, if Sorry, you, Springfield. If you want, if you want a <laughs> tractor ride through something that is so touristy, you may as well be in Disney World. Oh, yeah. is that the one where you actually don't even walk? Yeah. Okay. Like you can get a photo of you on the ride, or you know, ride through it on in the gift shop. It's it was a period of time in my life I can never get back. I'm sorry. Uh, I'm I'm much more a fan of uh, kind of exploring, figuring things out on my own. Like when I was living in Japan, my one of my favorite hobbies was going, you know, down side alleys and and hole in the wall areas to find, you know, some really incredible like restaurants and bars. And the same thing goes with caves is not going to the touristy places. Now, granted, if you're going to go and seek out any caves, plan accordingly. Yeah. Don't go in and be like, ah, you know, this this is something I can do. And then wind up, you know, unaliving yourself. Uh, I've been to a handful of caves in both uh, Yavapai and I believe Pima County in Arizona. I'm only going to leave it to counties because I don't want people trying to replicate and or trespass because I'm pretty sure I was doing both. Um, (laughs) Oops. I went to a cave in Thailand that someone just said there's a cave over there. And so went and took a look. Okay. Didn't stay very long. Plus, the more I thought about it, the more I'm like, how many venomous snakes are around here? Been to caves in other countries as well. Uh, found some caves in Vermont. That was kind of neat. I mean, it wasn't a super deep cave. It wasn't like a spelunking adventure. It was just more of a, I bet you someone hid out here once, and if they didn't, maybe there's a bear at the end. Right. We didn't get to the end, fortunately. Maybe. Possibly. I don't know. Uh, so I'm going to leave it to the counties and states. Um, just for everybody else's protection. Go Go find some caves. But prepare it, plan ahead. If you're not a rock climber, don't think, oh, I can just rock climb that. That looks easy. It's not. I mean, it's a little easier to hang on to a a near vertical surface if you know if you let go, you're going to die. But, I mean, most of my free climbing experience is, again, you know, back in my I'm invincible phase. It wasn't actually caves. It was uh, I had a habit of uh, exploring covered bridges. 
with the undersides of covered bridges. Oh, okay. So you've got like a rushing torrent of water underneath. and Yeah. And usually there's some sort of rock wall on either side. So I would climb up one rock wall and then find my way to the other side using the covered bridge. I thought you were going to... I thought you were going to say you discovered you like you went and explored sinkholes or something. No. Do you know there's over 700 caves in Missouri? That doesn't surprise me, considering that seems to be 90% of its tourism outside of Branson. And including Branson. (laughs) Including Branson. So would you say this is the Swiss cheese state? I mean, kind of. Most of the caves that are in Missouri are in are in southern Missouri. Mm. Because in addition to the ones that we've already said, there's also Merrimack Caverns, which I've never been to. I may have been there. I don't know. There's if a I, lot. If I have been there, I it it wasn't as disappointing as Fantastic Caverns. Yeah. No, there's a lot of caves in Missouri. So the the movies we're going to be talking about today, the caves are not um, they're not tourist friendly. You got to be a little bit more experienced and kind of know what you're doing to go into the caves we're going to be talking about. And even then, I still wouldn't recommend it. It'd still be fun. Hmm. <laughs> We'll get to it. Well, I mean, <laughs> fun and I mean it. Look, maybe fun for somebody else. I I, I don't have a re- I don't have a rappelling down into a cave kind of build. Oh, you'd go down just fine. Gravity helps. I meant <laughs> like <laughs> okay. So real quick. So one of the things about Marvel Cave, there is a very thin passage. Mm-hmm. And you kind of have to like crouch and do go to the side to get into it. Mm. So before they even let you buy a ticket to go on this tour, there is a wooden cutout and you have to be able to fit through that before they'll even sell you a ticket. Well, I mean, that's nice of them to to do that before they sell you a ticket. It's like if they did it after with the big sign says no refunds. Right. Um, I would not be able to fit through that space Mm. now. Even with even just with my height, I had trouble getting through there as a teenager. Mm-hmm. So I am not felt cave diver kind of body at all. Gotcha. <laughs> I'm a fluffy lady and I'm fine with that. I'll leave it to the experts. So let's talk about our first movie, The Descent. Mm. And I did a thing again. Okay. <laughs> You're really good at this. I don't do this on purpose. I don't know how this happens. 2005 was apparently the year of the cave movie mm-hmm. because there were three that came out this year, that year and we're covering two of them. Folks, I tried to get us to do the third one and Tia was just like, no. I haven't even seen it, but I'm sure like The Descent, which is the one we're discussing now, is probably the best of the three. And then it goes to the next one we're discussing. And then the third one that is called it's called The Cavern. Mm. Which I didn't, I hadn't even heard of until we were doing research for this episode. Gotcha. And I looked at, at that and I was just like, no, I'm good. Okay. And for me to say, no, I'm good. Mm. Exactly. Yeah. Still waiting for the Doom Tremors crossover, huh? It would take a maximum override level of... You mean maximum overdrive? Yeah, whatever. <laughs> Words. They're just words. I only do that for a living. Listen, I like good movies, but sometimes I also like not good movies that are very niche. I'm not saying those movies are even bad. They're just kind of bonkers sometimes. Anyway, so The Descent. A caving expedition goes horribly wrong when the explorers become trapped and discover they're being pursued by a band of cave-dwelling predators. Hmm. So it's directed and written by Neil Marshall. Mm Mm-hmm. The cast, we have Shauna McDonald as Sarah, 
Natalie Mendoza as Juno, Mayanna Burring as Sam, Saskia Mulder as Rebecca, Alex Reed as Beth, and Nora Jane Noon as Holly. Mm-hmm. So I, I very much enjoy this movie. I, I'm a little sad that they changed the ending for American audiences. Because we can't handle it, apparently. It's it's a thing that happens occasionally with films that are originally made in other countries. And then some American studio buys it to distribute here and they decide, oh, that ending's too depressing for Americans. So they change it. Mm -hmm. And that's what happened with The Descent. So let's get into it. Let's start at the beginning. Sure. So we have this group of friends who are on this whitewater rafting thing. They're kind of like, I don't want to call, I don't want to say adrenaline junkies, but they're into like doing more extreme stuff when it comes to their free time. Outdoor adventurers. Sure. And Sarah is uh, leaving with her husband and daughter and they're having a discussion and there is a car accident that ends up killing her husband and her daughter. And then it flash forwards to like a year later. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, so it's like a year later and Sarah has kind of been talked into going on a spelunking vacation, like just like a little trip by Juno and Beth. And they've got these other friends that are going to join. Yeah. Sam and Rebecca are sisters. And then Holly is kind of like Juno's protege. Yeah. So to speak. The cool chick with the dude. Yeah. So the whole thing, from my understanding, with with caving Mm -hmm. is if you're going to a cave that has been like explored and mapped and everything, typically those are in some sort of a national park. They're registered. So if you're going to go in, you have to plan out how you're going, how many people, how long you're going to be gone. So that if you don't check back in with the park rangers, they'll know, oh, something happened and they'll know to come looking for you. I wouldn't know. I mostly trespassed. I, I know. <laughs> I'm talking about. <laughs> I'm talking about like people who don't do what you did. Oh, okay, yeah. You would. <laughs> I feel like you and Juno. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, because here's the thing with Juno is she says, "Oh yeah, we're going to this cave and it's really easy and blah 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 blah," but apparently while doing some sort of scouting, she found. A new cave that had, like, never been explored. Yeah, there was no marker for it or anything, so she's like, oh, sweet. Yeah, and because her whole thing is she thought it would be really cool for them all to discover it together. Yeah. And, you know, we'll discover it together, we'll name it, it'll be, like, a really cool, unique experience that we'll have, which is fine, except you told the park rangers that you were going to be in a completely different cave in a completely different part of the park. Yeah. So that's, uh, yeah, it's not cool. Yeah. So if you are exploring a brand new cave mm-hmm. and nothing goes wrong, then it's, you know, no harm, no foul. Hopefully. Hopefully. But that's not what happens. Unfortunately, after getting through a particularly narrow passage, there is a uh, collapse. A little cave. Yeah. And Holly ends up with like a really bad busted leg. Like yeah. I bone showing through which Mm -hmm. is not great yeah no not ideal i've seen that on enough episodes of 911 and 911 lone star recently that i know it's not good (laughs) yeah bone's supposed to stay on the inside yeah 
And because they've gone to this cave that's never been discovered, even if the amount of time they're supposed to be gone elapses, whenever the rangers come looking for them, they're going to be looking in the wrong place. Yeah, and they won't see any trace of them. Exactly. And I honestly don't blame everyone for being pissed off at Juno. Because if I remember correctly, she didn't tell anybody. That was a surprise. Yeah. You don't tell people a surprise. Like, she didn't even tell Holly. Well, protege. Well, yeah, but still. So let's talk about the creatures. Because Sarah's the first one that kind of sees something. And she's like, I think there's somebody there. But because of the trauma of what happened to her family, she's been having issues. She's taking some sort of medication. It's I'm not sure if it's an antipsychotic or, or what exactly it is. But so they just kind of think she's seeing things. Which, you know, would be a reasonable assumption. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe maybe a creature, but not a not a humanoid like person, because there would be no reason for that humanoid person to be there. There was no signs of other people. Right. You know, usually people leave signs. Right. Precisely. Well, and one of the things that I think it's cool, the whole thing with with creatures that are in caves, as far as like animals and stuff, is they are typically they are some sort of animal that originated on the surface and ended up in the cave somehow and over time through evolution adapted to being able to live well in a in an environment where you can't see well yeah it's adapt or die right so like you get these cave salamanders and stuff that are essentially blind most of them take on some kind of like like non they're like Mm non-pigmented i'm sure there's a term for that (laughs) <laughs> non, non-pigmented like in a like an actual term so what i think is neat about these particular creatures is because they are humanoid my assumption is that at some point a group of humans got lost in these caves and over time through evolution adapted to living in this environment yeah but i mean that would have to take a long period of evolution to yes but we don't know how long these things have been down here anyway. So Yeah, but I mean, we're talking more than four or five generations, six mm-hmm. generations. Yeah. That doesn't mean that they haven't been there down there for, for centuries. I mean, I mean, white Europeans were not the first people in North Carolina, which is where this movie takes place. <laughs> True. So I'm, I'm just saying that, you know, it's like, I would expect maybe, you know, 500 to 1,000 years. And it's entirely possible that that's exactly what happened. Hmm. I mean, I'm not saying for sure, but like, I don't know. It's movie. I press, I believe. Press the belief button and move on. But they are blind. They use some sort of, it's not echolocation. Yeah, they're. They've adapted to living and hunting in this cave system. Yeah, I mean, they're like the Falmer in Skyrim. Thank you. Yes. That was what I was trying to think of. They kind of look like the Falmer from Skyrim. They do. Except without the. Without the pointy ears. And, you know, the magic use and. Clothes. Various clothes and armor. (laughs) So, I mean, okay, so they're like the frames that the farmer are built on. Kinda, yeah. I feel like this is one of those movies where it ends up being less about the creatures and more about the the women and their relationships with each other and how that frames their survival instincts. Oh, absolutely. Because Juno, unfortunately, strikes me as a very, when the chips are down, she's only really looking out for herself kind of person. Yeah, I get it. Whereas I feel like Beth and Sarah, they're not just thinking about themselves. They're also thinking about each other. Yeah, they're more community driven. Mm-hmm. 
so what are your thoughts on this particular film? The climbing techniques seemed pretty solid. I mean, I'm not a professional climber by any means, but or professional much of anything, really. Mm-hmm. Uh, thank you for agreeing. <laughs> but uh, What, to my knowledge, you do not have any kind of, like, certified skill. I've got plenty of certifications. In that. Not in that, no. I mean, I'm... I was certified for gauge calibration, it, but, <laughs> you know... Not sure how much that's going to help in a spelunking it, expedition, dear. It, it does not, in any way, <laughs> shape, or form. Um, I don't know. I, I feel like it's a very human story. I think uh, it's a great uh, entry vehicle for someone to dabble into a foray in horror without it being bone-chillingly scary. Yeah, be- be- I would because agree with that. Like, a lot of the scares really come from the injuries and the environment rather than these creatures, which, I mean, yeah, okay, so there's creatures. You know what? There's creatures outside, too. They're called other people. You know, they're just just as dangerous, if not more so. Right. I don't know. It, it's a good movie. It's an enjoyable movie. It did not scare me, but it doesn't have to scare me to be, you know, within the realm of horror. I feel like of the two we're going to discuss, this one is the more grounded in reality. It's an enjoyable movie. I This is, I think, the fifth time I've watched it, this rewatch, and it doesn't make me mad in the sense that I'm never watching it again. It's a lot more of a, that was good. Yeah. That was good. So if you have the opportunity to watch this, I would try and, and find it with the original ending. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go ahead and discuss the ending real quick. Yeah. So Juno, while fighting some of these creatures, accidentally hit Beth in the throat with a uh, pickaxe. Yeah, climbing axe. And uh, when Sarah finds Beth's body, she is given Juno's necklace. So she knows that Juno is the one who did it because Beth somehow tore it off of her. Well, the whole thing with this necklace is it's got an engraving from Sarah's husband because Sarah's husband was having an affair with Juno. And when it gets down to the only two people left being Sarah and Juno, Sarah basically leaves Juno for dead. She like... Hits her in the leg and just fucks off. Yeah. So the climax of the film is Sarah finding a way out. There's like this pile of bones leading up to a sinkhole. And she climbs out. She gets back to the Jeep. She's driving away. She stops and she turns to look in the passenger seat. And there is a bloodied Juno. And that's where the American version of the film stops. Mm hmm. The original British version of the film continues at that point to where we flash to Sarah still being in the cave. And she's got a torch and she's hallucinating her daughter sitting in front of her with a birthday cake. And as the candles in the cake start to go down, we see it from a more realistic non-hallucination perspective. And it's the torch slowly going out. Mm-hmm. And then we hear the, the sounds of the creatures as they come towards her. Yeah. And that's where the British version of the film ends. I like that version better just because it kind of seems to make more sense as an ending. Mm-hmm. The other reason I like it better is because it doesn't leave you open for a sequel. Yeah. Which there is. There is an American made sequel and it's garbage. I apologize if anyone listening to this worked on that film. It's not good. It's the Fantastic Caverns of sequels. Well, because it's like this I hope whole... I don't get a ton of hate about that. But I ho- I'm sorry, sorry, anybody from Springfield. It was a disappointment. 
I we do. I think we do have listeners in Springfield. Yeah, we got a lot of. Here's the thing: if you folks in Springfield, I'm not trying to crap on your attraction. I'm just trying to say, find a better one. Here's the thing: people that are from a place that has something touristy are typically not a fan of that thing. True, but it is where they take their relatives visiting from out of town. Right. Well, it's kind of like if you live in Chicago and you have a relative visiting from out of town, you take them to get deep dish pizza because that's a thing. Yeah. It's like um, most of the people I know that are from Hannibal are not a fan of like the Mark Twain cave and all the Mark Twain touristy stuff. Ooh, that reminds me. I might have to cut this out, but Miller's Pub is still open in Chicago. I'm taking you there when we go to Chicago at some point. Oh, cool. Neat. That was my favorite place to go. I wonder if either of the boys have been there. I don't know. Either the Friday boys. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe I'll DM in a mask. Anyway. So yeah, all in all, I would have to call this a good film. Like I said, it's the one that's more grounded in reality. Watch the British version because it's better. If you can't find the British version, just know that there's more to the ending. And you can just say, okay. Yeah. So let's move on to the movie that's going to be more fun to discuss because David hates it. (laughs) Maybe hate's a strong word. <laughs> so we're going to be discussing the one of the other cave movies from 2005. It is called The Cave. Now, when I suggested doing cave movies, I picked The Descent and The Cave just because I figured they'd be the easiest to get a hold of. Mm-hmm. You had never heard of, let alone seen, The Cor- Cave. Correct. Correct. And you watched it twice. Yes, I watched it first on my phone. Well, sort of half watched it. Mm-hmm. Um, within five minutes, I knew I could just half watch it. And then I realized I couldn't just half watch it because nothing made sense by the end of it. Yeah. Um, so so this, then yeah. I had to watch it with you. Yeah, the second time was on our TV together. Because I think you kind of hoped that being able to see and hear it more clearly would improve it. Mm-hmm. And I quote, being able to see it makes it worse. I did. I, I did say that. <laughs> so what can we tell people about the cave? Okay. I'm not, I'm not going to bash the movie. It's just there's so many things. That, anyway, uh, I'll get into you it. You are allowed. This is our show. We can do what we want. I know, but I just want to make sure people have some level of consistency. Okay, that's fair. You know. So the cave. Yes. While attempting to map a newly discovered cave system in Romania, a group of scientists and cave divers become trapped. With no hope of rescue for at least 12 days, they venture forward in hopes of finding a way out. But they soon realize they're not the only ones in this cave. Dun, dun, dun. (laughs) Uh, Directed by Bruce Hunt, which I think, if I remember correctly, you told me this is their first, the first and only film they've ever directed. Correct. Uh, Screenplay by Michael Steinberg and Tegan West. The cast... Uh, Cole Hauser is Jack McAllister. He is currently playing Rip Wheeler on Yellowstone. Okay. Uh, Eddie Seabrian is Tyler McAllister. He was Jesse on CSI Miami. Morris Chestnut is Top. He was Luke on American Horror Story. Piper Parabo is Charlie. She is currently playing Summer Higgins on Yellowstone. She was in Coyote Ugly, yeah? She was Violet, yes, in Coyote Ugly. This was probably right around that time. It was either right before or right after that. Rick Ravanello is Briggs. He did some TV work. Uh, so did Kiernan Darcy-Smith, who played Strode. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lena Headey is Dr. Catherine Jennings. Most people recognize her as Cersei Lannister on Game of Thrones. She was also Sarah Connor in the Sarah Connor Chronicles, which I know you're a big fan of. Yeah. 
Uh, she was in the better of the Judge Dredd movies. That's true. Sorry, Dredd that's my so hot good. take. No, it was good. Having now seen both Judge Dredd with Sylvester Stallone and Dredd with Carl Urban, mm-hmm. the one with Carl Urban is better. Vis- it's visually stunning. Yeah. Uh, Daniel Day Kim is Alex. He, I always forget this. He is the voice of Johnny Gat in the Saints Row franchise. Yeah. I always forget that until I'm looking at his IMDb page and I see it and I'm like, oh, yeah. And the fact that Johnny Gat and Daniel Day Kim share quite a few physical similarities. Yeah. Uh, He's also Jin Su on Lost, Mm -hmm. which I never really got into. I I tried. And then it, it it was a Sharpie that ruined it for me. Oh, yeah, where he writes on his hand underwater, even though he shouldn't be able to do that. Yeah, try writing with a Sharpie on something wet. See what happens. It's not happening. That's fair. Marcel Uris is Dr. Nikolai. He is actually a pretty big actor in Romania. Mm -hmm. As far as stuff that uh, our American audience would know him from, he was Andre on In Treatment. Okay. So, there you go. So, of the two movies, this one is definitely the more fantastical it's more action focused it is it it feels like an action movie it does yes i will also say i feel like this movie kind of dates itself with some of the filter choices i guess you could say there's this like grainy part that takes place like during the cold war Mm -hmm. where you've got these guys who are there is this in the carpathian mountains there's this orthodox church that's in the middle of nowhere and one of the guys even says why would they put a church way out here and i'm like they're protecting something yeah like whenever there is a church in the middle of nowhere it's not there for people to come and worship it's there because at some point the church found a thing that scared the shit out of them and they're holding vigil basically and they're uh, yeah they protect the, the vigil exactly they put yeah. the church on top to stop the thing from getting out so one of the things that kind of bugs me about this is they, they go into this church because they somehow they know there's a cave yeah, under this church. They got some intel or something. I don't know how they know. So they go in and there's this beautiful mosaic mm. in the floor that in and of itself, if you could get it out cleanly, would probably be worth a decent amount of money. Millions. And they're just like, oh, we need to get through this mosaic to get to the entrance of the cave. So do they use a hammer and chisel to try and carefully find a way and get away into the cave? Not when you've got a demolitions guy. Not when you... you mm-hmm. Hammer and chisel is not the way of a demolitions expert. I love... You, you see that they show the guy's tattoo because it's important. Mm-hmm. And it says uh, VSSF. Mm-hmm. And I distinctly remember making a stupid joke and asking if that meant very special soldier forces. <laughs> it does not. It, it means does not. something, but it's not it's not in English. No, it's uh That it's, was just me being stupid. Double checking right now. Yeah. Uh the VSSF tattoo stands for and I'm gonna butcher the hell out of this, so I'm sorry. Verband Schweizerreicher Sprengfeschlute, or Swiss Society of Explosive Engineers. Nice. Good job. I that actually sounded not bad. Kudos. With editing it'll even sound better. Okay. <laughs> But I love that they, they they show you, they quite clearly telegraph that one of the guys has this tattoo. Mm-hmm. Anyway, part of the problem with using a bunch of C4 to blow a hole in the floor of this church is that it's butted up right against the mountains. So they initially, like, 
there's a bit of a cave-in. And then there is like the most massive rock slide that completely destroys the church and the surrounding area and leaves these guys pretty fucked. Yeah, pretty fucked. <laughs> so then we flash forward to, all right. Just my, my brain immediately autocorrected went pretty nice. Pretty nice. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so then we flash forward. It's like 2000. It's present day. So 2005. And there is a scientific team that is made up of Dr. Nikolai and some other people who have rediscovered the entrance to this cave. And it goes down pretty deep. And they found, I think they, I don't know how they were able to figure this out, but like there's an underground river Mm -hmm. that is like 91 miles or something like that. They, they basically, at one point they call it the Amazon of cave rivers. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so Dr. Nikolai works to get the funding to have Jack and his team come and help them kind of map this area. Because mm-hmm. Jack and his team are supposed to be some of like the best cave divers in the world. In the world. I don't know why I said in the world. Yeah. So their whole plan is they're going to, they go down to this main area that is very, that is easier to get to. You can basically, there's, they put in a ladder, but you can also just kind of like rappel right down. Mm-hmm. And that's where, like, base camp is. And then they're going to go in and try and find, like, a secondary camp and just kind of go from there. Right. And I think the plan is that they're going to be gone for basically 12 days. Right. Right. That's that's the plan. That's anyway. the plan. So they get down there. One of them finds a secondary camp location. And when the rest of the team goes to follow him, something attacks strode one of the guys and causes his it was, it was the it was the swim assist vehicle the swim assist vehicle yeah it exploded and it caused a cave into this system where basically they're not going to be able to get out the way they came in right and since they're not even going to be missed for 12 days jack's whole thing is well let's try and, and just keep going forward as planned try and find a way out I mean, the water's got to be going somewhere, right? Right. Well, because it's a it's a river, so rivers tend to go flow some towards a thing. So one of the things that really bothers David about this movie, and I actually I agree with you, I don't because it doesn't make sense. The way the rebreather system that they have, it's not a full face mask. It's like a thing that you bite down on. I mean, it's it's like a regular you know BC regulator. Yeah. The problem with that. Uh-huh. Okay, and that's fine. You can do that. That's that's something that is, it's not nearly as efficient for a rebreather because the whole. Okay, so okay, <laughs> so the whole point of having a rebreather, there there's a couple benefits to it. Uh, one point of a rebreather is it's not nearly as bulky as having an open circuit. You know, your typical scuba tank that's an open circuit system. The drawback to having an open circuit system is you don't get nearly as much dive time, and the deeper you go, you know there there's there's some calculations that take place, okay? Uh, as because far of as pressure, pressure and density and all that. So, with with an open circuit system, your t- standard scuba tank, you're only taking in about five percent of of each breath. Ninety five percent is wasted. So of the oxygen that's concentrated within that you're only getting about 25% of the 75% that you're wasting. Okay. I know I just gave you a bunch of percentages. Just trust me on this. Or or look it up. 
don't trust me. Look it up. Do your own calculations. Do your own math. Um, and so, so your time is limited. Also, with an open circuit system, typically on the inhalation, you tend to float up a little bit. And on the exhalation, you descend back down. I mean, it's slight. But if you're going through a underwater cave, you don't want to accidentally float up while you breathe in and brush against some potential debris. Mm-hmm. That could then make the area you're swimming through cloudy. Right. That could be very detrimental to navigation. So with a rebreather, there's a, it's it's more complex. Uh, you've got electromechanical systems. You've got sensors. You've got a lot more things that can fail. But typically, modern rebreathers have secondary and tertiary systems that allow for a fail state to take place and you not to have either a under concentration of oxygen or an over concentration of oxygen because you can hit oxygen toxicity you can hit all sorts of other complications right so it's a it's it's a something that allows you to go longer and more steady this isn't just used for like you know special forces this is also used for underwater photographers and yeah. and things like that because you don't emit bubbles Except on ascent. Yeah. So when you're just steady going horizontal, oi oi, or or if you're going down, you're not going to be blowing these big volumes of bubbles up that tells everybody, look, I'm underwater. Look, blah, I'm blah, 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 blah. <laughs> okay. So. Hey, d- are, are there bubbles in the movie? A fuck ton of bubbles. <laughs> There's so many bubbles, they could have actually floated this damn cave system. Uh, on top of that. They're in constant verbal communication. Yep. And again, they've got the, just, if you've ever seen anybody in a diving thing, picture, movie, you know, an old timey, you know, non-talky film, whatever, where they've got a thing that they put on their mouth and they breathe, yeah? So, if you think about that and how, you know, part of that goes into your mouth, yeah? And now try holding that in your mouth. And then talk like you're having a conversation joking around. Doesn't work, right? The thing falls out of your mouth, right? Or a bunch of water gets in your mouth. Yeah. So, um, according to Jacques Cousteau's grandson, you would use a full face mask. Yeah. Everything I researched said you would use, if you wanted comms, you would need a full face mask. So you could not have to worry about holding something in your mouth. And they even show it earlier in the film. They do. When they're in when they're when Jack and his crew are still in Mexico when they're mapping these caves in the Yucatan. Yeah. Like Tyler takes off his whole like the kit that's on his back to get into this smaller space and you even see like the small like mouthpiece that he puts into his mouth so he can breathe. Yeah. So in this movie, you've got people tooling around with a regular, you know, something you would see in an open circuit system. You know, your scuba tank system. And they're talking. Yep. And, and I get why they have to be talking because it's a movie. But like, would it have really been so hard for them to then just change the face masks? The only thing I could possibly think of is they didn't want to deal with, one, the expense. Because they cost more. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, ten times more. And two, if they were worried about, like, how many times they don and doff those masks. Yeah. If it would be too complex for shooting. Be- because, I, I, I mean, like, Lena Headey's character is told, here, put your mask on. And she just, like, plop. Whereas this, you know, you would want to, like, get it seated on and and everything. It's it's a whole different situation. I imagine it's something that would have to, like, seal around your face. Correcto mundo. Okay. Uh, so, this whole time watching it, 
the second time watching it in my life. Mm-hmm. If I need a good laugh, it there might be a third, but other than that, I'm picturing them going. <laughs> That would be what their conversation would be, because it, it, the way they have it set up would be talk or breathe, and you can't do both. Right. You know, there's, it, it's it's not, like, I know, and people have even told me in comments before, hey, you don't have to pick it apart, it's just a movie, but like, I would rather see nail guns be used in, incorrectly for the rest of time in film than... They, the, the notes on IMDb even say they hired, like, some of the world's best cave divers. And no one pointed this out? Or did they just go, I'm willing to bet what happened is someone said, hey, this would actually be more accurate. And they were like, well, we don't have the money for that. Or, or, <laughs> or potentially they said, who the fuck's going to notice that? Me. I would notice that. That is, I mean, it's it, it's probably very similar to the Armageddon moment where Ben Affleck went up to Michael Bay and was like, wouldn't it make more sense to train astronauts to drill than to train drillers to be astronauts? And Michael Bay basically told him to shut the fuck up and just act. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, the movie has its moments. I'm not saying it's a bad movie. I'm just saying every time they get in the water and then they start talking. I do think the creatures are cool. The, the creatures are, are varied. They're relatively... Oh, you think they're cool now? Even though... No, they're... Okay, okay, okay. What what about the eel-type one that... Look, I fucking hate eels. I think they're delicious. Yeah, they're delicious to eat. I would agree with you. Unagi is delicious. Apologies to any vegetarians and vegans that are listening. Sorry, Lizzie. I think they're good to eat, but they they freak me out. Mm -hmm. They're so weird looking. Just high-speed, toothy penises in the water. I'm going to have to get a chart that says, like, blank days since we last talked about dicks <laughs> on this show. I'm sorry. Or, like, blank episodes since we last talked about dicks. You can just permanently write zero. I, well, currently, it's back at zero now. Yeah. I'm pretty sure it was. it's only been about one episode since we did. Fair. <laughs> anyway. No, so... The whole thing with these these creatures is some of them seem fairly normal as far as cave creatures. There's like a big mole, yeah, which kind of makes sense. There's spiders. There's these little oh, scorpions. These little like pale white scorpions. As soon as I saw those, I'm like, no, no, no. Uh-uh. Hey, back up! Like like when when dude was like, oh, who was with him? Was that top? That, that was, was top. That, yeah, was like, it was hey, Jack and top. Uh. Can you back up a little, buddy? Can you back up? (laughs) Like, he he said it so calm that you could read in Top's voice. He's like, there's a problem. There's a problem I need to back up. Yeah. There is a definite problem. Did you know that um, scorpions are bioluminescent? Mm -hmm. That's why people that live in areas where scorpions are a thing tend to keep, like, black lights and stuff. Mm -hmm. Some scorpions are clear. Yeah. Scorpions are terrifying. I've woken up to scorpions on... I've woken up to a rather decent-sized scorpion on my bed. No. Uh, oh, yeah. No. Um, I've woken up to scorpions on my bedroom floor. No. Uh-uh. I've woken up to scorpion uh, in the shower. I've woken up to a scorpion right next to the toilet. Stop. Uh, no. No, you don't need to keep going. Hey, hon, you don't need to keep going. That's all I have to say about that. Thank you. You're welcome. 
But then we get some of the more, we get the more advanced creatures, which we do eventually find out used to be people. Mm-hmm. And we used to be people. <laughs> well, and it's weird because like you see one of the creatures has that tattoo. Mm-hmm. And it's one of the things that Catherine discovers is that basically every creature in this cave has some sort of has this parasite and this parasite causes mutations yeah and i guess it caused these people to mutate into these winged demon-like creatures sure i'll hit the i believe button on that Which, not not on the not on not on the dive equipment but i'll hit the i believe button on the creatures yeah well it's very weird and i do love that this movie is rated pg-13 so when they realize that they can fly when Charlie screams that line that you love, where she screams... Best line in the whole movie. She's Because she's jumped to another... She's been free climbing and trying to make a way for them to go. Well, I mean, she's using pitons and stuff. I mean, yeah. I mean, she she's... She's got yeah. a line. Yeah. But she jumps to this other sheer rock face to get away from one of these creatures. And then suddenly she sees it flying towards her and she goes, They frickin' fly! And I'm like, I guarantee you frickin'. Would not be the word I would be using in that situation. Do they fly, though, or do they just glide? Um, Again, that's just me being nitpicky, but... I I don't know. Because I I don't see them getting elevation up. They seem to climb up, and then they, like, glide really well on their leathery... Bat-like wings. Yes. I I don't know. I, I assume maybe they could. I don't know. I mean, maybe if they spent less time on leg day and more time on arm day, they probably could get some lift on that, but... I don't know. I don't know. This movie makes this me feel so bonkers. Happy. It's so good, though. It's it's good in a stupid way. You know uh, what I mean? Yeah. I, again, I don't hate this movie. It's just if they spent just as much time being accurate and using things that are that are practical and real and showing, hey, this is real stuff you could do. And then saying, here's the absurd, scary, crazy stuff that these people get involved in. Be accurate on the things you can be accurate on. Yes. And then let us hit the I believe button on the ridiculous creature stuff. If I'm already making fun of you 10 minutes into the movie for clearly showing up to class not knowing what class this is, Mm -hmm. it's harder for me to put on my serious face on the serious moments. You know, like, shit, they lost two people before I started going, oh, man, I'm starting to learn these people's names and I'm starting to care care for people. And then I see, like, you know, someone mentioned someone else and I'm like, oh, yeah, that person. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, I barely knew him, so, you know, it's sorry, yeah. sorry about it, I guess. Yeah, there's not really a lot of uh, establishment of characters. I still care about the characters in this more than I care about the chicken drag me to hell. Oh, hell yeah. I will never not talk shit about that, <laughs> that movie. Fair. I'm sure we'll have to watch it eventually to talk about it, but, like, it'll it's da- it's pretty far down on the list. I've, I've already got an episode put together for you. Okay, fair enough. All in all, I I like this movie, but again, I like stuff that's just big, dumb fun sometimes. It is definitely that. Um, it's nice to see Daniel Daycam. It's definitely nice to see Morris Chestnut. Morris Chestnut just looks like he gives the best hugs. I was going to say, yeah, yeah, I agree. Sorry, he's very cute and he has very good arms and the arms are on display. Yes, they are. For most of this movie. One thing I do have a problem with is the weird twist yeah, like you almost feel like that uh, that stinger music from Born Identity should play. Yeah. At some point, Jack gets 
uh, scratched by one of the, the creatures and he gets infected with this parasite. And so eventually he's going to become one of these things. Like he's actively becoming in process. And I'm like, that's not how mutation works, but okay. Well, maybe it's how this mutation works. Sure. I don't know. Push the button. Boop. There you go. All right. So later in the film, after they've gotten out, the only people who, spoiler alert, some of them get out, but the only ones who get out are Catherine, Top, and Tyler. Mm-hmm. And after they separate from Top, he goes his way. Tyler is talking to Catherine and he's... Jack essentially sacrificed himself because he knew he was changing so that every, the other three would have an opportunity to get out of the cave. Mm-hmm. And he asks Catherine, who is a biologist, he's like, well, they adapted to be part of a cave environment, so he never would have been able to survive out here, right? And she's like, oh, well, I used to think that. Now I'm not so sure. And she gets up and she's like, I think it wants to get out. And we, she like tips down her, her sunglasses and we see her eyes have changed to the way Jack's eyes had changed. And yeah. then she just fucks off into the crowd. And I'm like, okay, but wouldn't it change you into one of these cave creature things eventually? It adapts to its environment. So who knows? Maybe she'll become parkour lady. But I just don't see why I don't. So where's our sequel? There isn't one and there won't be one. But like, but it said it's this one set itself up to have a sequel. I know, but lots of movies set themselves up to have sequels and then they don't. I could call it not the cave. I just it's it's a very weird moment and I don't understand it. Like I it doesn't make sense to me. Like and I I get it was the early two thousands and everybody thought they had to have some big twist and some stinger or whatever. But like it doesn't really it doesn't really make sense. Yeah. For how we have seen this particular parasite work. It's a parasite that existed 100% for thousands of years in this cave environment. And it infected the things around it and adapted them to live in a cave. Yeah. So it suddenly being like, I want to get out into the real world, doesn't really make any sense. (laughs) It's like if you live, this is going to sound shitty. What? I'm just picturing this parasite doing its own little performance of Ariel's part of your world. I know. No, that's my thing. It's like if you've only ever lived in a very, like, specific environment and you didn't know that the outside... Let's say you lived your entire life in one room with no windows, no TV. You did not know that the outside world existed. Why would you dream, then, of the outside world? Does the parasite share... Like, does it gain knowledge from the host? Is it hive-minded? Because it's they seem know. to coordinate, but I don't know if they coordinate in other ways. Because, I mean, if there was some sort of hive-mind sort of thing going, it could be gaining intelligence and growing exponentially from all of the more advanced hosts it's getting. I, I don't know. I just don't understand. It doesn't... Then again, there's no demolitions expert version of it, so, you know, it didn't learn that much. It knew enough to steal, like, the O2 canisters and stuff like that. Yeah. But I just, don't, I don't know. I honestly think that's just leftover intelligence from when it was human, when the when the creature was human, before it had been fully I'm going to take some adapted. of your gear and that's going to mess you up and you're going to be stuck here and like, you get to be my family now. I remember enough to know that taking this is bad for you. Yeah. I don't know. The whole parasite, I think it wants to get out. I, I think if she hadn't said that, it would have been fine. Like if she had just gotten up and then looked down and we saw her eyes change and then she fucked off. 
into the crowd. That would have been fine. It's the line that bothers me. Mm. The, I think it wants to get out. It's a parasite. It doesn't have any thoughts. That we know of. That we, well, <laughs> based on what we know of parasitic organisms, they don't really have thoughts. They just do. Mm. I, and this one do host. No. Oh my God, though, that there's a, there's a cave room towards the end that definitely looks like it could be used for a Rammstein video. It's oh, the absolutely. best. There's absolutely. like methane. So there's just like fire spurts all over the place. It's really like, like dark and industrial in a, in that definite like early 2000s way. Oh yeah. That I could definitely picture them filming like the video for Firefly or Duhast in there. Yeah. Maybe a tool video. Maybe. I don't know. What other bands could film in that location? Slip, Slipknot. <laughs> oh yeah, Slipknot would definitely do a video there. Uh, Slipknot would tear that tear that up. Yeah. Um Celine Dion maybe. No. Her fire will go on. No. Some methane. That's not a no. no. Mm. So I'm I'm done talking about this movie. <laughs> like okay. It's not bad. It's not it, it's not good either. It is a Saturday afternoon watch. It exists. It, it, it is a, I have a lot of laundry to fold and get off of this one place I keep putting all my clean clothes because I can't tell the difference between my clean clothes and my dirty clothes, so I need to fold one of these. Yeah, it's it's one of those movies. Yeah. Yeah. It's um, currently on Netflix it, yeah. in the U.S. Yeah, it's, it's currently on Netflix in the U.S. Uh, actually, watch it, though. Don't just half watch and mostly listen because <laughs> at one point I had to stop my first time through and going, Wait a minute, is that George Clooney? Because the dude's voice vaguely sounded like George Clooney for a moment. And I'm like, no, this, no, is that no. the Jack? I don't know. Just someone said something that, and it sounded like it was done in George Clooney's voice. And I'm like, is he doing I, an impression? I think that's him, yeah. Yeah. I, look, look it's, <laughs> other, other than my complaints about, about how they did the diving itself, you know, the cave itself and their interactions are relatively solid. It's Some just... of the dialogue definitely does date itself, though. Yeah. Yeah. It... Look at these cave curtains. They're sick. Yeah, it's very extreme, bro. Like extreme with two X's. Yeah, it's... It's, uh, it's a film that was made. <laughs> I, it's not the worst thing we've ever watched for the no, show. No, it is not. Not not by a damn sight. It's is not. it the best? No. Is it the worst? Also, no. 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 If you want to watch a good, solid cave movie, well, I mean, okay, a good hollow cave movie, because no one wants a solid cave that's called a mountain. Um, <laughs> you, don't, you don't have a solid cave. Uh, oh, my gosh. I, I would recommend, you know, The Descent. Uh, don't mistype it if you're searching for it to stream, because if you type The Decent, you get something completely different. Where do we, Was that a prime that we watched that one? Uh, I believe so, yeah. Okay, cool. Uh, the cave. If you're like, well, that was thoroughly depressing, and you want to, you want to have kind of a palate cleanse before you have to do like growing up things. The cave is definitely a choice. No, that's fair. That's so my rec. <laughs> so I think that's gonna do it for us. Um, as always, you can check us out on our uh, Facebook and Twitter. There are links to those on our website. We are h2horrorcast.com. There is also a link to our Patreon. We are patreon.com slash h2horrorcast. You can support us for as little as a dollar a month, which goes towards various things to help make the show better. 
-hmm. We are currently looking at upgrading our um, audio equipment, headphones, and other audio equipment. Um, So the the air conditioner thing will be less of an issue. Um, Shout out to our current patrons, Mom. Why did I say Mom first? I usually say her last. Why did I do it that way? Because Mom came first. She was here first. Liz, Lizzie, Gray, and Mom. See? There we go. That's how I normally do that. Uh, you can also email us directly at h2horrorcast at gmail.com. Hooray. Yay. <sighs> I'm excited for it to be fall. Soon. Soon. I don't like the heat. Uh, if you are also dealing with the heat, I'm sure, I know our UK listeners are probably still struggling. Oh, yeah. Um, lots of Europe is. Lots of, really? Oh, yeah. Oh. Well, I'm sorry to all of our European listeners that are dealing with this hot-ass bullshit. <laughs> Sorry, summer's my least favorite holiday. Or, let me rephrase. <laughs> Sorry, look, summer is my least favorite season. I'm not a fan. I feel like we're programmed to like it, at least here in the U.S., because as children we go, yay, no more school. But then we've learned now the hard way that we have to spend the first third of our school year relearning all the shit we forgot from the last year. But that's, that's just me. I'm not uh, an educator in the American school system. No, that's fine. So until next time, I'm Tia. And I'm still Grumpy David. <laughs> but I love you anyway. I know. I'm, I'm not grumpy. It's just... I'm, I'm just David. Still David. Still... <laughs> Stay spooky, friends. But Music for this episode is Save Us Now by Shane Ivers. Our artwork is by Catherine Nixon. <laughs>